Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Today, oh, we're coming to the end of the series, Gifts from the Holy Spirit. And I want to I want to kind of begin to wrap this up with application. It's somewhat of a review of what we've talked about the last 15 weeks. And I know this has been a challenging series that hopefully has brought clarity. If, if you've misunderstood some of the things that are in the Bible in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 about the gifts from the Holy Spirit, about speaking in tongues, prayer language, singing in tongues, praying in uh, 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 unknown language or uh, a known language, you know, all of those things we covered pretty extensively. Um, but I'm hoping that if, if there's been any question about those things, we've answered those questions so that we can uh, rightly apply the gifts from the Holy Spirit that are so vitally important for us. And if you still have questions, see Pastor Christine, come talk to me, talk to one of our leaders. And uh, we'll, we'll try to answer your questions the best that we can. But I think that there are times, especially if, if we've been walking with the Lord for a long time, that, uh, that we may need to unlearn, unlearn some things. Because we, you know, we've been taught this, or this denomination was teaching us this or that, and and when we go back and look at the Word, we say, well, wait a minute, this looks different than what I was taught. And so there, there are things that maybe we need to reevaluate in our life, especially regarding the gifts and, and have an adjustment of our understanding and the application. One of our core values, love, prayer, obedience, humility, teachability unity and service and so we all need to be humble and be taught and received because none of us know it all and so we need to come on sunday mornings and come to live groups and when we read our bible and spend time with the lord be teachable holy spirit what are you telling me what are you speaking to me is there some misalignment in my understanding because if I don't understand something, it's not because the word is confusing. It's because I don't have the insight or revelation or understanding. God says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My ways are far beyond your ways. But I believe that God wants us to have understanding and come to maturity. And so through this series, I've realized I had a misapplication in my life. Whenever I would pray in the Spirit, whenever I would pray in tongues, whenever I would pray in the Spirit, um, I was so comfortable in that that when I would be praying in a, in a group or praying with someone, sometimes I would begin to pray in my prayer language. But what we've read and what we've understood over the past few weeks is a prayer language is for us. It's communion with the Heavenly Father. So it's not really... Uh, I mean, it's okay, but it's really not designed for public prayer. Praying in the Spirit is where we're getting alone with God. Now, there are times when, uh, for instance, if we come upon a car accident, a bad car accident, 
I, I may not know what to pray, so I begin to pray in the Spirit because it's my Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit in me connecting with God's Spirit. And I'll talk about this a little bit more in a minute, but we are in alignment with God and praying in accordance with His will. And, and we also know, as we've talked about, that when we pray in the Spirit, we are built up. And so we spent a lot, a lot of time talking about that where Paul is saying, hey, it's better that you prophesy. It's, it's better that you... Uh, you pray in the Spirit and you be built up so you can build others up. But a prayer language is, is really for building us up. And our spirit man is connecting with the Lord's Spirit. So again, if you have any questions about that, we can, we can uh, navigate through that. We should desire to, let me say it this way, we should not desire to be intentionally offensive. Okay? <laughs> I was a friend of mine was telling me one time, he said, you know, you really got to be a Christian to deal with these Christians. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes Christians can be a little bit challenging to, do, to, to deal with, right? However, we should not shy away from speaking the word of truth. People need to know the truth. And many times, uh, Jesus offended the religious leaders. Think about the time that he healed the man on the Sabbath and, they, and the religious leaders wanted to kill him because he'd broken the law. And so Jesus offended the re religious leaders. The word, the Bible, is offensive to some people. But that doesn't mean that we don't go out and live it. It doesn't mean that we don't share the truth and the hope and the life of the gospel have you ever talked to somebody and you're talking about Scripture and you're like, don't judge me. You're judging me. No, I'm not judging you. I'm just coming into alignment with what the Bible says, what God says. And if God says it's wrong, it's wrong, period. The name of Jesus is offensive. You can talk about God all day long, but you start talking about Jesus. Oh, wow. Wow. What a beautiful name. What, what a beautiful uh, set of songs that we sang this morning about the name of Jesus. Our culture can promote and attempt to indoctrinate any type of ungodly agenda that they want, but you begin to talk about Jesus. Oh, no. Now you're going to get flagged on Facebook, and now you're going to have resistance, and people are going to you know, think you're judging them or whatever. That's why love is the key. Love is the basis for all the gifts. I remember I was asked to pray at the League City Council uh, for one of their meetings. And one of my neighbors was on the City Council. And he called me up. He said, hey, Mark, I see that you're on the agenda to, to pray at the City Council meeting. I said, yeah. And uh, he said, well, uh, are you going to pray in the name of Jesus? I said, well, yeah, Mike. What, what name would you like me to pray in? <laughs> well, we ask all this in the name of Mark. There's no power in that. How about I use your name, Mike? We ask all this in the name of Mike. I went and I prayed. There's no problem. He called me a little bit later and he said, hey, uh, he was the vice president of the HOA where we lived. And he said, uh, hey, uh, we have prayer for our, our HOA meetings uh, would you like to pray? I said, yeah, I'll come and pray. He said, but now, now we don't, we don't uh, use the name of Jesus. I said, well, then you're going to have to find somebody else to pray. I remember, I think it was 
Tony Evans or somebody, he had got asked to go pray somewhere. And they said, well, now we don't want you to pray in the name of Jesus. So he prayed, and at the end he said, for the one coming king, the one who died on the cross. You know, he was just saying everything about Jesus, but he didn't say Jesus' name. The one who redeems us, you know, all of this. But listen, why, are we, why would we be ashamed in the name of Jesus? What a powerful name. There's power in the name. So Paul is addressing many of these issues in 1 Corinthians. Well, really in, in all of his letters. But we talked about initially the Corinthian, uh, the people that lived in Corinth, the, the Corinthians, and how that they, many of them had uh, been entrenched in pagan worship, worshiping pagan gods. And, and uh, you know, Paul was dealing with Jews that had converted to Christianity, that had come to Christ and, and all their rules and regulations. And they were trying to impose those on the Gentiles and non-Jews. And Paul was dealing with some stuff. And some of the, those things we're still dealing with today. Much of it is surrounded by sin, just not yielding to the Lord and allowing the Lord to do this work in our heart and life. So my first point this morning is the gifts from the Holy Spirit builds us up. And again, I, I can't emphasize enough how important the gifts are for us to be empowered to walk in victory and do the things that God has called us to do and to be a light. And to not get sucked into the things of the world, but to be, uh, uh, you know, different. And I'm not talking about you have to be weird. I'm just saying we don't have to be sucked into the cultures and those things. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray. But let the Holy Spirit... Uh, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And so that's what I was talking about. Sometimes if we come upon a, a bad car accident, we, I begin to pray in my spirit because I don't really know what to pray. I'm, I'm praying for life. Lord God, we speak life over these people. We speak health and healing. If there's anyone hurt in this car accident, we pray for supernatural healing. And speak life over all these individuals. Lord God, if they don't have a relationship with you, we pray that they would come into this intimate, personal relationship with you. And then I may begin to pray in the Spirit because I really don't know what to pray. And so we just read here, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And there have been times, have you ever been hurting so badly that you didn't have words to express I've been there, and it's like there's this groaning within me, and I'm just groaning because there's this deep, soulful pain. And so we can begin to pray in the Spirit and ask the Lord to help us. Verse 27, and the, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony. With God's will. That's why a prayer language is so vitally important. It's for us to build us up. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. 
So the Holy Spirit is speaking forth the things that Jesus is giving him for our good, for us. Sometimes we need to know, we need to know, Lord, should I take this job? Should I do this? Should I marry this person? Should I, what? What do I need to do, Lord God? And so the Holy Spirit will give us insight and direction if we're connected to him, if we're yielded to him, if we're open to receiving, if we have this relationship. The physical realm impacts the spiritual and the spiritual realm impacts the physical so as we yield to the Lord, it has an impact in the physical realm. The things that we do in the physical have an impact on our spiritual life. If I've got a needle in my arm, do I think I'm really going to have a, a good relationship with the Lord at that point in time? If God heals my broken heart and I, I, take, I stop using the needle, do you think that's going to have a physical impact on my life? Of course it is. You know, so, so many times people, or we may even think, well, I'm a, a, I have a physical body, I'm a physical person with a spirit. No, we are a spirit being encased in a physical body. One day your body will return to dust, but your spirit will live on. And if we don't get that, if we don't realize that, we may miss out some things on some things. And so we are spirit beings. God is spirit. But there's a connection here between the physical and the spiritual and the spiritual and the physical. And so we can walk in the Spirit. What does the Word say? Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill what? The lust of the flesh. The Word says that we must worship Him in what? Spirit and in truth. Galatians 5.16 So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Period. And just in case we wanted to gloss over that. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then, okay, is it conditional? Yes. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So my first point is the gifts from the Holy Spirit builds us up. My second point is the Holy Spirit leads us. Say if. If. We yield. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. We talked about this a number of weeks ago. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of all of them. Verse 5. There are different kinds of service, but we all, but we serve the same Lord. So when you come here on Sunday mornings, you see different people serving in different capacities. So we're working together. To serve the Lord and to serve one another. Verse 6, God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us when we yield to him. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. Pretty, pretty simple, pretty clear, right? The spiritual gifts are given so that we can help each other. The Lord is not looking for perfect people. Aren't you glad? <laughs> he is looking for people that are available and yielded. Well, you know, when we look back in the Bible, the uh, many of, well, I would say probably all of the people that God used powerfully were not perfect. Some of them had some serious issues. But they had a heart that would, would yield to God. 
they had a heart that would come back and say, God, I'm so sorry for what I've done. And God is looking at our heart. When our hearts are changed, our actions will change, our life will change. We had, we had somebody uh, steal some copper wire at our, our property recently. And I don't know if, if they'll have enough evidence to find the person and, and convict them. But I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking if they catch this person, I would like to go when they're uh, before the judge. And I would like to ask the judge, Judge, may I speak to them? And you know what? Here's the thing that I would like to tell them. Sir or madam, whoever, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you come into a relationship with Jesus because your heart will be changed. If they throw you in jail, if they find you, that's not going to change your heart. That's not going to change your actions, probably. It's just going to make you more mad. But if you come into a relationship with Jesus, he will change your heart. And, and therefore, he will begin to change your mind and the things you think about and the things that you do. Because God loves you. So, that's looking for people that are available. So, my first point, the gifts from the Holy Spirit builds us up. The second point is the Holy Spirit leads us if we yield. These gifts, my third point, yield eternal results. I think it's really interesting the Lord chooses to partner with us to make eternal deposits into people's lives. God doesn't need us. I mean, really? He created everything? Do you think He really needs us to go and, and share the gospel? But He chooses to partner with us and then empower us with the Holy Spirit, opening doors for us to share the hope and the love of Christ, to be an example that people will look at us and say, there's something different about them. And we say, you know what? There is something different about me because I've come into this relationship with Jesus. I used to be stuck in the same junk that you're stuck in. But I have been set free. Jesus came to set the captives free. He didn't come to bind us up with a bunch of laws and rules and religion. And when we understand that people's eternal lives are hanging in the balance, it should matter to us. It should make a difference to us. It, we should have some passion about those things. Romans 12, 9 and 10 says, don't just pretend to love others, period. Really love them. And you know what I think? That requires a heart change to really love others. In fact, I want, I want us to pray this prayer. We, we pray it every once in a while. Just repeat after me. Or say, Dear Jesus, help me to love others like you love them and you love me. Okay. And I, I really believe as we pray that prayer, there's something that happens in our hearts and in our lives 
where God does his transformation, where we really, we really care about people. We really love people. Don't just pretend to love people. How many times do we just throw that word out, oh, I love you? But do we really mean it? And I know we all do that. I love you, I love you too. Really love them. Love is a verb. It requires action. It shouldn't be just something we say. It should be something that we live out. And I think it takes this relationship with the Lord to help us to really, really love people. Romans 9 continues, hate what is wrong. Do we compromise? Do we say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. We, we're to hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Verse 12, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Do we honor one another? Is it delightful to us? Do we take delight in honoring one another? Oh, let me get that for you. Let me help you. Let me open the door. What can I get you? Can I get you a cup of coffee? Would you like a donut? What kind of donut would you like? Let me go get that. Let me honor you. Do we take delight in that? They're over there. Go get them yourself. Is that our attitude? Have you ever gone to Home Depot and you're like, uh, I'm looking for this widget. Yeah, it's over there on aisle 27. Okay, thank you. I think it's on the left side. I don't know. Or have you gone to Home Depot and you say, hey, I'm looking for this widget. It's on aisle 22. Come on, I'll, I'll walk you over there. You see the difference there? Are we honoring one another? Because by honoring one another, we're honoring the Lord. Because we are His prized possession. Are we taking care of His prized possession? For, uh, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I probably don't do this very often. I should be thinking, okay. What can I do? How can I motivate my wife to acts of love and good works? How can I motivate Matthew to acts of love and good works? What can I do? Lord, give me some creativity to encourage my brother and sister. And he goes on to say, the writer goes on to say, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now let us not stop meeting together. This is why Sunday morning is so vital that we come together. People have lost the understanding of the, of the importance of coming together and worshiping corporately, of spending time together, of building relationships because the world wants to isolate us. You've got your phone, you have your computer. Have you ever seen two people sitting next to one another and they're texting one another? Hello? They're right there. Have you ever been texting with someone and it's like five miles long and you're like, what am I doing? 
Stop. Delete. Hey, let's talk. There's value in us coming together corporately, getting into one another's lives where we say, hey, how are you doing? And really wanting to know and taking time to say, how are you? But encourage one another. That's a gift. You ever need encouragement? I know you do. So God has placed people in your life that need encouragement. Especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. The Word says nobody knows the day or hour when the Lord's returning. But he says, look at the signs. <laughs> what signs? <laughs> I mean, come on. Look at the world in total chaos. Even if he doesn't come back in our lifetime, we have the hope of Christ that many people don't have. We're so blessed to live in this nation. I was talking to a neighbor that had traveled internationally Recently, and he was like, man, I'm just, I'm just blown away by how blessed we are. Do we take that for granted? Yeah, I think we do. 1 Peter 3.8. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. I have to, I'm going to have a Tom moment here. Transparent, authentic, and honest. Mercy and grace are not two of my best attributes. That's not a joke. <laughs> Maybe it is. So I need, I need to be more graceful and, and merciful. I'm type A, man. Get it done. No excuses. <laughs> but can we sympathize with one another? When I saw that, that young lady behind the counter, she looked like she was about eight months pregnant. I had some sympathy for her. Do we, do we really love people? <laughs> do we really care about people? Do we really consider their spiritual eternity, their, their eternity? Do we ever consider that the Lord died to help them, that the Holy Spirit has come, that they can be empowered to live the abundant life that Jesus came to give, that it's not just about all of eternity, but about living the life now that we can live. You don't have to live like that. 1 Peter 3.8 goes on to say, I love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted. And keep a humble attitude. First Peter 4.10 God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And so as we talked about the last few weeks, there's a variety of gifts. God's given us gifts. Not just that we keep wrapped up. Not that we unpack and put in the corner of the, the closet. 
but that we use, not only use, but use well to serve one another. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, you know, this is my favorite verse. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Love is a gift. You can give it. You can receive it. You know, I think there are some people that are so deeply wounded, they have a hard time receiving love. How sad. But love is the gift. Love is the best gift and the foundation for all the spiritual gifts. I think it was in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the last verse, he says, but let me show you a way that's best of all. And then he goes into chapter 13, the love chapter, and talks about love after he's been talking about the gifts. And then he comes out of chapter 13 in 1 Corinthians and talks more about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. But let me show you a way that's best of all, love. Love is the foundation of this relationship that we had with with Christ, that he came down. Why? Because he wanted to restore all of us back into that relationship. What's the basis of that love? What's the basis of, of us using the gifts that we love one another, that we help one another? Again, love is a verb. Love God. Love others extravagantly. Can we really love one another too much? Are we loving one another extravagantly, honoring them over ourselves? I really don't feel like getting up and and going and getting them a cup of coffee, but I'm going to do it anyway. Can I go get you a cup of coffee? How would you like your coffee? Is there anything I can do to serve you today? Is there anything that I can do to help you? Do you have any needs? Is there anything I can be praying with you about? 1 Corinthians 14, 1-5 Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy, to hear from the Lord. And be a dispenser of his word. Verse 2, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. We all need those things. We all need to be encouraged. We need to be strengthened. We need to be comforted. And there's a lot of people in your life that need the same thing. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Paul goes on to write, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. So, again, our prayer language builds us up. But we, how can we build up other people if we are depleted? If we don't have anything in us, we're just hanging on by a thread. Jude 20 and 21. But you, dear friends, must build your... But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Lord God, I just, how can I build up my friend? Let me pray. Let me connect with you by praying in, the, in my prayer language, connecting with you. And await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. We can be safe in God's love. The gifts from the Holy Spirit builds us up. The Holy Spirit leads us if, conditional, if we yield. My third point, the gifts yield eternal results for us and for those around us. 1 Corinthians 14, 20, Dear brothers and sisters, do not be childish in your understanding of these things. We have, we have the written word. We have the Holy Spirit speaking to us. We have spiritual leaders, mothers and fathers over us to help us. Let's continue to grow in our understanding. Maybe we've misunderstood some things. And so maybe the Lord is bringing some readjustment or realignment or recalibration to our spiritual life. The spiritual impacts the physical. The physical impacts the spiritual. Maybe there's some things going on in our daily life that are impacting our spiritual walk that are not in alignment with God's purpose and plan for our lives. 1 Corinthians 14, 20 continues, Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. So as we read the Word, as we come on Sunday morning, as we go to life groups, as we spend time in prayer, as we spend quiet time alone with the Lord, He can speak to our hearts. He speaks the language of our hearts. Let's continue to uh, spiritually mature and grow up. Can we take some things? What if it's not all about me? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Well, guess what? It's not all about you. 1 Corinthians 14, 23. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. And so we spent some time last week talking about order and balance in the church and using the gifts. Our role is not based on our value, but on God's designed order. God has order in the family and in the church. Our value is not based upon our role. We're all valuable to God. But, but God has certain roles for us. And we talked about those last week. God, Jesus, man, woman. There's an order there. Again, there's not more value or less value. We are all greatly valued. But God has an order. Leadership is a gift. Some people are gifted in leadership. Not everybody has that gift. But we all have gifts so that we can help one another. In finishing chapter 14, so again, last week I, I taught on balance and order. Paul is bringing some spiritual fathering to these believers. In the next five scriptures I'm going to read, Paul is a, a, a spiritual father. He's a mature believer. 
And we need some spiritual fathers and some spiritual mothers today to lead people. There are people that, that didn't grow up with an earthly dad or mom. They felt abandoned. Therefore, they don't have uh, necessarily a real representation of the family and how the family works and how it was designed to work. I have a spiritual father, Pastor Don. He's our spiritual father, and he speaks into our lives. And we, we trust him. Because <sighs> we know that he loves us. And we yield to him. We, we, we do what he asks us to do. We're prayerful about the things he suggests because we love him and we know that he's looking out for our good. That's my heart for you. I love you, all of you. Pastor Christine loves you. We're not doing this because we didn't have anything else to do. We're doing this because God called us to this. And we take this, this privilege and opportunity really seriously. We think about you guys a lot. Pray for you a lot. We cry over you sometimes. That we would have that kind of love for one another. That we would have that kind of honor for one another. So Paul is, is bringing a little bit of, of sting and correction to the Corinthians church as he wraps up chapter 14. He says, or do you think God's word originated with you, Corinthians? Do you think you have all the answers? I'm writing this letter to you by the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into a deeper relationship with the Lord. Do you think you know everything? He goes on to say, are you the only ones to whom it was given? If you claim to be a prophet or think you are, are spiritual, you should recognize that what I'm saying is a command from the Lord himself. He's saying, if you're really spiritual, if you have this discernment from the Holy Spirit, you're going to know that what I'm telling you is the truth. So maybe he was dealing with some pride there. Maybe he was dealing with some arrogance. Maybe Paul was teaching them about discernment. 1 Corinthians 14, 38. But if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. So my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Don't forbid speaking in tongues. So he's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not forbidding speaking in tongues. But it's better that you prophesy. But look at his closing uh, scripture here in, in chapter 14. But, er, but be sure everything is done properly and in order. The gifts from the Holy Spirit builds us up. The Holy Spirit leads us if we yield. These gifts yield eternal results. Listen, this is not a game. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's being very effective. Just watch the news. Just look around some of your neighbors. They may not be doing drugs. They may not be shooting people and robbing banks. But they may be hurting so badly that they're not functioning in the way that God designed them to function because of their woundedness and hurt. And maybe God has you living next door to them so that you can 
Show them the love of Christ and show them the answer. This is serious business, guys. And we live in a, in a world that has great opportunity. Let's not miss the opportunities that God has before us because people's lives, eternal lives are hanging in the balance.